It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Going to be joined by co-host Wes Goldberg in just a minute. Got another good one for you today as the Dubs take a horrible loss to the Atlanta Hawks. But also, we are a quarter way through the season, and I got some questions about this first quarter of the season that I'm going to need answered. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got Wes Goldberg joining me in just a minute. The Dubs took an embarrassing loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Currently own the worst record in the NBA, 22 games into the season, which in this situation isn't that bad. But that loss was was pretty embarrassing. It was not. There are very few losses that I'm going to be upset about, and that was definitely one of them. We are also a quarter away through the season, a little more than a quarter of the way through the season, and I got some questions about this first quarter of the dub season that uh, I'm going to need Wes to answer. And uh, let me know what your answers are, too. You can hit me up on Twitter at CTH415, or you can hit Wes at WC Goldberg. Uh, But let's bring the man in himself. Wes, what's up, man? You uh, fled the scene of Atlanta as fast as possible. I don't blame you. You are currently uh, on a pretty cool assignment right now. I'll I'll let you go ahead and and take the wheel and just kind of tell people where you're at and uh, what, what you're doing for the next day. Well, cool being the operative word there because I touched down in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it was 34 degrees, but it felt like it was negative, you know, 10 degrees here. I walk out and it was already, I didn't think there would be snow. I checked the weather report like a week ago and the entire place is snowed. I asked somebody at the airport, they're like, yeah, it just snowed on Sunday. And so I got kind of lucky. It was actually pretty cool. Um, but, uh, I'm here because Draymond Green is having his jersey retired at Michigan State. So rented a car from uh, Grand Rap- the Grand Rapids Airport, drove like an hour and a half over to East Lansing because that's the quickest way to get here. And uh, now I'm at one of the finest Marriott establishments around here waiting for this retirement ceremony to kick off. And it's going to be pretty interesting. I know the whole team um, is took a break in the middle of their – road trip the most arduous road trip that they've had this season right they've not only did they not only is it a five game road trip spanning nine days of travel but it's all on the east coast basically until they end in chicago at the very end of it and right in the middle of it is this retirement ceremony steve kerr made the trip bob myers joe lake up d'angelo russell's going to be there it sounds like clay thompson's going to be there too which will be really interesting um but it's again you kind of put this smack dab in the middle of this road trip where they're already 0-3 and I don't know if they're going to win a game on this road trip but uh it almost seems secondary 
considering that one of the greatest Warriors players ever is having his jersey retired at one at one of the places that means the most to him in his life. Definitely. I mean, it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, you'll have a ton more on it tomorrow. I just wanted to let people know where you are because I think that's one of the coolest uh, assignments you could get besides, you know, covering the team every day is getting to go to Draymond Green's jersey retirement uh, is pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, I get to uh, – I get to miss, I'm going to miss the Charlotte game Wednesday, thank goodness. So the first Warriors <laughs> game. Poor guy. You know what, I guarantee you. I, you remember, what, what was the game I guaranteed they'd win earlier in the season? Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. It but, wasn't uh, Charlotte. It was, oh, man, who was it? Before, was it New Orleans? I think it was. I think it was New Orleans, yeah. I'm guaranteeing a win in Charlotte because <laughs> that's, I, I'm not going to be there, and I guarantee you they win that game. Just because there it is. There. I mean, look, the guy's batting a thousand. So go ahead, take that, <laughs> take that one to your bookies, and and you know, cash in. Um, I, you know, I don't want to spend much time on the the Hawks game, but I do want to say a couple things just because this season, I, I, there's very few losses that I will be upset about, and this was definitely one of them. Though a loss again in this season can you can spin it as a positive. But it's hard for me to really look at the positive of a 25-point loss against the Hawks when Trey Young goes for 24. It's not as if Trey Young went off or anything or one of their lottery picks had a crazy night. It was just an ugly night for the Warriors. And it is one of the few losses this year where I will be, uh, you know, upset with their performance. I'll put it that way, I guess. Well, what did you see when you were there? Yeah, well, like you said, nobody really went off. But if anybody kind of went above and beyond his normal averages, Ironically enough, it was Damian Jones who the Warriors oh. traded to the Hawks in exchange for Amari Stelman. I think he, he you know, had 16 points on six of eight shooting or something like that. Eight, uh, rebounds. eight rebounds. He looks good. Yeah, and and if you're a Warriors fan, you're just like, is this this is just rubbing salt in the wound, right? It didn't really matter. Like it mattered that they lost the game the way they lost it. It didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things that they just got it one more L on their record. It does sting a little bit if you're a Warriors fan that you just traded away Damian Jones. Not that they'd miss him necessarily this season, but uh, look, I, I do think it was a step in the wrong direction. It, yeah. For a team that has preached over and over, even in these losses, the moral victories of progress, there was none of that after the game, and there shouldn't have been any of it because they looked, they sucked last night. Like They really didn't play well. There was absolutely no rhythm on offense, which is one of the things that they've prided themselves on is the ball movement recently. They had more turnovers than assists. And you're going to have games like that in the course of any regular season. But when, the game, when it's a game like that, where the team is – it feels like this team needs three or four losses in order to build up to a win, right? Like a three, three or four, I should say, good losses, quote-unquote good losses, in order to build up to one single win. And you come off of that Orlando Magic game where you played well enough to win. They did, right? They came in one, within one shot of winning that game. Yeah. It was a good look. It was an open shot. And then to do that – and then lose to the other team with the worst record in the league, the Atlanta Hawks, who entered that game on a 10-game losing streak. So you're, you're playing the worst, one of the other worst teams in the league during their worst stretch of the season. And now the Warriors are that team where you get off of the schneid. Like, you don't want to be off that. You don't want to ever be that team. And it kind of feels like the Warriors are that team now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's similar to, you know, like I said, you know, uh, the, the slump-busting team. You know, like Mike Conley, when right. he was struggling, comes in and, as, you know, a 30-point game or whatever it was. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, well, first off, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Wes, I'm a big Damian Jones believer. I understood why they traded him, but uh, I will never get off Damian Jones Island. 
and uh, it did hurt to see him go for go quote unquote go off for 16 I guess uh, but I, I do want to also mention Eric Paschal who had um, his most efficient game 24 points on nine of 11 shooting two of two from three uh, what, what do you have I think like six re- nine rebounds six assists something like that he yeah. was just another good game from him and I know we're kind of used to it but I just don't want to normalize what we're getting from the 41st overall pick, especially in his his most efficient game so far. Um, but also I have to let this be known to everyone listening. Uh, Wes, I know you're not at the game, so you don't get to hear the broadcast, but the nickname Pask Animal, it's not happening, you guys. I don't care what Fitz and Kalena oh say. We are not going with Pask Animal. I don't care how many times they say it this year. It's It's not a thing. Don't allow it to become a thing because it is I, it's awful. He, he deserves better. I had no awareness of this until yeah. this very yeah. moment. Uh, who came up with that? Is it a is that, is that a Bob Fitzgerald? That's a Fitz class. That's a Fitz original. That's that's yeah. really unfortunate. It is. It, 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 it's the only thing There's worse a, than Pascal has a uh, Pascal does have a media nickname, and it it only exists because. A lot of us weren't really sure how to pronounce his name. I don't know if this caught. I don't know if this is caught on elsewhere. I just a lot of times we'll call him Pascal the Rascal because okay. that's how you pro- that's how you pronounce his last name. It rhymes yeah, with Rascal. Yeah. And a lot of people at first didn't know if it was Pascal or Pascal or Pascal, and it's like oh no, Pascal the Rascal. I don't remember who came up with that, but it's very helpful, especially when visiting media media are asking how to say his name. We just go Pascal, like Rascal. It's Pascal mm-hmm. the Rascal. So that's kind of caught on tongue in cheek. So I don't know if that, it's. It's not oh, good. Oh. It's mo- it's mostly a utilitarian purpose, but exactly. it's definitely better than Pask Animal. It is a hundred times better than Pask Animal. I just have to let that be known that we're not doing that. We're not doing that. It's dead. We're yeah. just forget it. If you're listening to Locked On Warriors, Pask Animal is not a thing. It's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> we are about a quarter, just over a quarter of the way through the season, and a lot of expectations have been changed. I mean, almost game to game, I guess you could say. So I got a couple questions for you, Wes, just about how this first quarter of the season has gone. And we're going to get to those in just a minute. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. At CDW, we get modern servers need to be flexible. Flexible, scalable, and predictable. I predicted you'd say that. <clears throat> okay, what would I say next? Probably something about server security. Impressive and freaky. CDW can implement secure Hewlett-Packard Enterprise Gen 10 servers that improve speed and performance while reducing costs. While reducing costs. See predictable. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. I predict a web address. CDW.com slash HPE. I'm in your mind, man. So, Wes, technically one quarter of the season is, what, 20 and one half games? So, since we couldn't do this at halftime of the 21st game, we're doing it after 22 games. And I mentioned before the expectations have changed almost game to game with this team because of the injuries from, you know, Steph to Draymond to D'Angelo Russell to Gavon Looney to Jacob Evans to Damian Lee to Alan Smilagic. I mean, it's crazy. We look at the big names that have been injured, but I mean, they've played with eight or nine guys seemingly every single game this year. 
So the expectations have completely changed, but I just wanted to start with, you know, a simple one. What is you the biggest surprise for the, you for the Warriors this season? It can be anything. It can be one player playing good. It can be, you know, yeah. all the, whatever it is. What is the biggest surprise for you throughout the first quarter of this Warriors season? Well, the obvious answer here is Pascal, but to me the biggest surprise is Kai Bowman. And, you know, you look at Pascal, the number 41 pick in the draft, no second-round pick. If, the, if his averages hold of 17 points per game, somewhere thereabouts, even if it drops to 16 points per game, no second-round pick in the history of the modern draft, in the history of the league during the modern draft era will have ever scored as many points per game as Pascal as a second-round pick. It's unheard of. It literally has no precedent. That said, Kai Bowman to me is still a bigger surprise because he was undrafted. And this is a guy who hasn't been playing basketball that long, really wasn't even supposed to be in the, wasn't supposed to be in the Warriors rotation whatsoever. Steph Curry goes down. D'Angelo Russell misses a bunch of games. He's thrust into a starting lineup. He's basically sharing point guard duties right now with Draymond Green. And he looks like a legitimate NBA player. I don't think this is just a situation where he's getting a bunch of shots on a really bad team and so his stats are going to be inflated. The guy can play defense. He's a terrific athlete. He's well-conditioned. He plays hard every minute he's out there. And by the way, he's getting a lot of minutes. And he's probably getting more minutes now than he'll probably ever get for the rest of his NBA career <laughs> in any normal circumstance. And so, and you know, his three-point shot is developing. He's not afraid to draw contact and get to the basket. He can dribble in a straight line and in other directions too, which is a, a underrated thing for a lot of young players in the NBA. He's not afraid of, of kind of getting into the thick of it. And I think all those qualities make him, you know, I think we were wondering, okay, what, what's the Kai Bowman thing? Is it real? Can he actually have a role in the Warriors? I think he's carving out a role for him either with the Warriors or in the NBA as a legitimate backup point guard. I think it's a, it's a very Fred Van Vliet type of situation where he, you know, was underdrafted, kind of just had the right mentality, got to work, and just made the most of his opportunity and, and does all the, like, all the basic things where he can dribble, he can defend, and he can shoot pretty well. And by the way, Kai Bowman's shooting like better than 90% from the free throw line. So I think it's sustainable what he's shooting. It's only going to get better. Uh, I think he's a real NBA player, man, like a real NBA player, not just some guy that you, you throw in, like break glass in case of emergency. Like he can be your backup point guard, and he could be the best backup point guard the Warriors have had in quite a long time if he sticks around. No question uh, about the best backup point guard they've had. I mean, no no disrespect to Sean Livingston, but he kind of played all over the place. And definitely, yeah, as, yeah. as we all know, Sean uh, shot like I think eight threes in his entire career. You know, they haven't had a backup point guard that can shoot threes like Kai Bowman. And I absolutely agree with you. I think he is. He's proven to be an NBA player and hopefully uh, a, a, a Warriors player. I think he definitely has carved himself a role uh, moving forward, regardless of whenever anyone comes back. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise, uh, I, I'm with you, it's Pascal. That's the easy answer, obviously. But It's a good answer if that's your, that's your answer. I, just, I try to go in a different direction with it. No, yeah. definitely. I'm, I'm trying to go in a different direction as well because we at least expected him to have a role. We expected him to be a part of the team. That's he was right. drafted, all of that stuff. So it'd be, the, he's outperforming expectations, but he was expected to be here. For me, it's Amari Spellman uh, in the same vein mm. as, as Kai Bowman where – you know, Spellman to me was I. First off, I thought it was kind of a salary dump in that it got them four hundred thousand uh, dollars more under the hard cap. Uh, I didn't think they were going to pick up his second year option. I wasn't sure he was going to get in shape for a jump shooting big man. He couldn't knock down a jumper. Just all this stuff was working against him. 
and he's kind of turned everything around completely to the same point as Kai Bowman. That I, it's hard for me to imagine him not having a role, especially with his versatility uh, on this team moving forward. And so, you know, Atlanta is happy with Damian Jones, I assume, after, you know, a couple solid games from him, especially the one against the Warriors. But I, I think the Warriors are pretty damn happy with what they got from Spellman as well. So that's kind of my biggest surprise just because my expectations were so low for him. No, I think that's a great answer. And, you know, I think you're right. He was a salary dump at first, but he was sort of a convenient salary dump. It wasn't a player that they absolutely hated. They did work him out during the draft mm-hmm. process for whatever that's worth, right? So they had some awareness of him. I'm sure that Steve Kerr and Lloyd Pierce talked a little bit about him during the summer. They were both on Team USA. Um, you know, this is obviously after, after Summer League, but um, I'm sure that because of that, Steve had a little bit of awareness of what he was getting himself into. And uh, it turns out to have worked out. I think you're right. I think Omar Spellman could, like, they, they picked up his option. He's going to be around for a while, and he kind of does all the things that the Warriors need at that position as far as being able to space the floor grab some offensive rebounds and just, you know, bring some energy off the bench. Definitely. And then one real quick on Kai Bowman, I I also wanted to throw this in there is people have talked about, Oh, well drafting Eric Paschal makes Jordan pools, you know, awful start, you know, uh, hurt a little less throw Kai Bowman in there as well. He's even though he wasn't a draft pick, he's also a rookie. He's part of this rookie class and uh, his performance definitely helps, you know, ease the pain of Jordan Poole's struggles. I'd say. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna play more than Jordan Poole does when all yeah. when they start getting some of these guards back, and it's it's gonna be a little weird because mm-hmm. Kai Bowman was undrafted. But let's keep in mind too, Kai Bowman was 22 years old, or is 22 years old, I should say. Jordan Poole is 20. I know Jordan Poole was drafted. You know, way, he was actually drafted. He was drafted in the first round. But you get drafted in the first round not because of your ability to play right away, but because of your potential. I still think Jordan Poole, from a ceiling standpoint, his ceiling is higher than Kai Bowman's. But Kai Bowman's ready to play right now. Obviously, you got two more years of of actual basketball, actual life experience, all that stuff. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, so biggest surprise we just got through. How about biggest disappointment uh, through the first quarter of this season for you? What is your biggest disappointment for the, the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, I got creative with our first one, but I'm going to kind of cop out here for the <laughs> second one. It's injuries, man. It's just yeah. these, these injuries have been disappointing just because more than anything, eight guys for like a big chunk of the season, nine guys for a really chunk of the season. Like, I don't know. Like, even when you get Kevon Looney back for this Atlanta game, Draymond Green rests, right? So, you you know, you're thinking you're going to get 10, but nope, you're right back down to nine. So to me, that's been the biggest disappointment. It's just the fact that the bench is short. It's kind of this weird, you know, get one, you know, drop one type of situation where you're getting guys back and one guy, another guy's getting injured. I think that's got to be the biggest disappointment also because, you didn't really get to see what this team would look like when it was healthy. You only got four games of that awkward Stephen Curry, D'Angelo Russell backcourt experiment that we thought was going to be the, the whole storyline of the season. And we only got four games of it. Um, so it, that, that it, it's, it's actually been really disappointing. And so that's why I'm going the easy route, but it, it is my honest answer. So. I mean, it's, you, you can't argue that uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's injuries uh, for me. I'm going to go with actually Willie Colley Stein. Uh, part of that is because he's a player that I liked and I, I still do believe that he fits better with a healthy Warriors team that's, you know, playing with pace uh, because this team, once Steph goes down, the, the pace, you know, really, really drops. Um, but he just hasn't been good. And uh, I definitely expected more out of him. And he does have the player option for the second year of his contract. And 
it's looking more and more like he might pick that up because if he continues to play this way, there's no way he's going to find a, a better offer out there. But I still, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I, I Like I said with Damian Jones, I guess I have a thing for, you know, vertical spacing centers. And uh, maybe he'll get no, it together. With- but, yeah, he's been my disappointment uh, so far. I like I liked Willie Cauley Stein in Sacramento. I think I told I think I told you this, but every time I went up to cover a Kings game, it seemed like he had a twenty and twelve double double. I'm like, why do people hate this right. guy? He seems like a Hall of Famer. Um, <laughs> and then he comes to he goes to Golden State, and yeah, he's been very underwhelming. His, his all of his stats are down from last year, um, which was ultimately a down year for him that last year in Sacramento. And uh, he. It, he probably ends up being better coming off the bench than starting. He probably ends up, you know, playing these big energy minutes the way that Spellman does. If he gets to play that sort of role, maybe he's a little bit better. But I think you're right. He's probably going to stick around for next year, only because it's yeah. it's up to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not not the Warriors' choice. Uh, so there is still three quarters of the season left. Uh, I want to talk to you about what we can expect moving forward, and we're going to do that in just a minute. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. So, Wes, that first quarter of the season is wrapped up. It's over. We're moving on to the second quarter. And that will take us up until uh, January 10th, I believe, is when they hit game 42. So that will be, or excuse me, 41. That'll be uh, halfway through the season. It is before the trade deadline. So things still can happen. But there, you know, isn't the pressure of those things happening. So what do you, I guess, expect or what would you like to see out of this team in the second quarter of the, uh, this NBA season? Double digit players available in a single game okay. would be okay. a nice improvement. I thought you were going to say um, double digit wins. I was like, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just get 11 guys out there. That would yeah. be phenomenal. Um, no, I think what the big thing is, is, if we know what the point of the season is, right? It's to go, it's to go get a number one pick, but, and, and develop some players. I do think that this team, however, does need to string together a few wins and maybe it's not even back to back wins. Maybe it's not even like two or three straight, but you just got to get a bunch of them at some point, right? Like you just got to, in like a one month span, you know, maybe, maybe you just grab four wins, right? It's not a lot that we're asking, but I think it would it it would really if 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 the two goals are developing players and getting the number one pick, you need some morale boosting t- uh, um, wins throughout the season. If you can sprinkle them in early on and just kind of throughout, you know, until you at the very end, maybe that's when you tank like the last two weeks of the season, where you're just like, look, let's just rest everybody, whatever. 
and go get that number one pick, even though that could be complicated by Steph Curry's return potentially. But I think you, if you're the Warriors, you're looking for that. I think for me, I that would just that would be very beneficial for my selfish purposes. But um, hmm. it's just a lot easier to write about teams that win a little bit. Um, yeah. Something new to talk about. But uh, I think the other thing you got to look at are a couple of these trade bait players. I mean, we just got done talking about Willie Colley Stein. He could be trade bait for a team that needs a, just an additional. Uh, you know, piece like one more guy with size off the bench, maybe a guy like Alex Burks. Can you continue to showcase them and maybe move them within this time frame? Because I know the, fe- the trade deadline, like you said, isn't until February, but a lot of guys will get traded after that, after the, uh, after that, that initial um, December 15th dateline where af- afterwards you could start trading players. So after December 15th, those guys become available. Really call you sign Alex Burks because they signed with the Warriors this summer. So if you showcase them here for the next, you know, couple of weeks, the next month, and a, a team thinks like, hey, we could wait till the trade deadline, but we'd rather get that player for an extra month to help our, you know, playoff case, then maybe that becomes a situation for them. And if you could trade one of those guys in the cap space somewhere else, then that provides you a roster spot to bring up Kai Bowman into the regular roster, go sign another two-way guy, right? Because now you have another two-way option out there, and you can kind of continue this round of player development. I'm with you, man. It, I, I love the double-digit players. I, I can only remember at like two, three games where they had double-digit. Oh, they have 10 players active. So that yeah. would be And huge. that could happen by the, by the time we're talking like next week. It could happen. Yeah. They could get Jacob yeah. Evans at the end of the Russell back. There, Which there, would so. be huge. It would be nice, nice to see them at least have the options uh, on the bench. And then also the trades, obviously. My main thing is just continue to show me that it's real. And by that, I mean Kai Bowman. Eric Paschal, um, you know, Glenn Robinson's pretty established or more established than the, the rookies at least. But these young players, Amari Spellman, just continue to show me that it's not a nice stretch early in the season. You know, just continue to perform, get better, develop, stuff like that. I mean, kind of just the same stuff that we've talked about before as far as this season's concerned. It's about development. And I think you made a great point as well uh, when they are able to move off people and – bring up Kai Bowman, Damian Lee, et cetera, is that it opens up two-way spots where they can continue to develop. Because here's the other thing. Like, let's say they brought up Damian Lee at the end of last year instead of Bogut. They could have signed Kendrick Nunn to that two-way spot, had his rights. And, you know, again, hindsight being twenty twenty, all that stuff. But this is the year that they can take advantage of these situations to potentially hang on to a guy who – has a high ceiling, but, you know, was in the G League or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, just take advantage of this situation that you haven't been in in about seven years and probably won't be in for a while either. Just uh, continue to develop and and find young talent. No, it's a good call, and it's another reason, too, to monitor the G League, right? Like, some of these G League guys could – I know we're looking at all these players on the Warriors roster now, but some of these G League guys – if the reports are, if they like what they see from these guys, they could end up being part of this team in the future too. Probably not like Kai Bowman and Pascal, but more like what Kai Bowman entered this season, like a two-way guy who just gets another chance to prove himself. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, that that Heat game, I look at their roster and and you know Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, you know, and we've talked about how good the Heat are at, at just you know finding and developing these guys. But, man, imagine the Warriors having a, a shooter like Duncan Robinson coming off the bench, which also speaks to the fact that just the gravity of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson because they've 
you know, besides the fact when they had Steph, Clay, and Kevin Durant, you know, who's the third best shooter on the Warriors uh, over that time when KD wasn't there? Most spades, maybe? Like, it just speaks to the gravity. Yeah. Yeah. It just speaks to the gravity that those guys have. And if they can go out and find a shoot, like, you know, in anywhere. But just, I don't know, the that Heat game just made me jealous of that roster construction. Well, the Heat are probably the best in the league right now. Uh, I think it used to be the San Antonio Spurs, but I think it's undoubtedly right now the Miami Heat as far as mining these undrafted and second-round guys and, and finding these diamonds in the rough and making something out of them. I mean, they got Josh Richardson in the second round and basically turned him into Jimmy Butler. I mean, that is, that's the sort of move that championship organizations make, and the Miami Heat are the championship organization. The Golden State Warriors are a championship organization too, but they've never had – I mean, even when the Heat had their big three going on, they were filling out their roster with Shane Battier and Ray Allen and, and Rashard Lewis and these guys who were veterans, but because they knew how to play right away, because you don't want to – it's hard to balance player development and, and you know, managing all-star talent. We've, we're seeing Steve Kerr learn that other side. For the first five years, he's been managing star talent. Now he's doing player development. And so the Warriors are sort of entering the situation. And I do think, look, it's pretty telling that I, I know that Kendrick Nunn's not on the Warriors now, but they discovered Kendrick Nunn. They went to the mm-hmm. NBA and applied to get Kendrick Nunn onto an NBA team, even if it was the G League. They got him into training camp. They, 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 you know, they went through that process to give him a chance. And the Heat just kind of outsmarted them in a weird way, but it, they wouldn't have done that if it hadn't been. Like, the Heat wouldn't have Kendrick Nunn had it not been for the Warriors right now. So that's a really good sign really early on that they know that, like, this front office knows what they're doing. They're ahead of the curve on a guy like Alan Smilikic, who, you know, you never had a player that young play in the G League. They were ahead of the curve, uh, the curve on a guy like that who was completely off the radar when they yeah. discovered him uh, overseas. So... There, there are good signs that the Warriors are heading in that direction. It's just, you know, the, the Heat haven't been good for a while. Since LeBron James left in 2014, it takes a long time to develop those players. But the Warriors have a good starting point now, even just with a guy like Pascal and, and all these other guys that are showing some promise. Definitely. And uh, before we wrap this up, just a, a personal, um, you know, you, you find players that you like and stuff like that. Marcus Derrickson was on a two-way contract with the Warriors last year. I liked him a lot. He's still in the G League right now. And uh, and Kendrick Nunn is now, you know, uh, a rookie of the year uh, candidate. So I guess I won't be running a team anytime soon. Uh, a hindsight team I could kill at. Like, as you as you can tell, in hindsight, I make all the right moves. But uh, anyways, man, I'll let you go handle uh, Draymond Green's jersey retirement. Uh, you will be back with me tomorrow, giving us some of the, the details on that. And then uh, you are sadly missing the Charlotte game. Poor, poor guy. Uh, so I will have the breakdown of that as well. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. 
This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.